Due to COVID, the IBD Asia-Pacific Conference will be held virtually from the 23rd to the 24th of February 2021. The Institute of Brewing and Distilling is one of the leading brewing training organisations globally, and its conference is open to brewers of all sizes. However, there is a perception that the Institute and its conference is targeted towards major brewing companies. To give smaller brewers a taste of what's on offer at the conference, we're speaking to a number of the presenters from the 2018 conference in Auckland about their presentations to give you an idea of what the conference can offer you. In this conversation, we speak with Chris Wilcock, Chief Brewer at Four Pines, about some of the challenges of growing from a small brewery to a larger brewery, particularly in culture and team management, and what he learned about how to address these challenges. You can find out more about the IBD Asia-Pacific Conference in the show notes. Chris Wilcock, welcome to Radio Brews News Brewery Pro. Thanks for having me, Matt. The, the reason we've got you on is to, uh, in 2018, at the IBD conference in Auckland, you gave a presentation from small to medium, lessons learned in growing a brewery. This is a uh, version of that, an updated version of that, uh, to highlight to you know our brewery audience um, what they can expect, the, the sort of presentation they can expect at the 2021 virtual conference. So, uh from small to medium, lessons learned in growing a brewery. Chris Wilcock, off you go. Yeah, cheers, Matt. Firstly, I will give just a little bit of a plug to the IBD conference. It was two years ago, that, or three years ago now, that I gave this presentation. And unfortunately, our conference last year in Perth, which had a really exciting sort of schedule of international guests, not just for brewing content, but for a lot of distilling content, becoming more and more relevant as craft distillers uh, start to, uh, or a really sort of, growing the, uh, the footprint of distilling in Australia over the last few years. Yes, so the, the conference is, is a great technical conference. Uh, it's, it's more aimed at, I guess, the uh, brewing and um, supply chain side of the, the brewing business rather than sales and marketing per se. Uh, great tips on how to run a brewery, um, lots of topics covered the latest in innovations around yeast, malt, hops, as well as uh, those things in, in um, distilling as well, mm-hmm. the use of new yeasts, uh, the use of different steel types and new, new and exciting ways of, of blending. And, and one of the, the confusions is that it is targeted at, you know, big commercially large uh, breweries when really it, it, it's a technical conference about brewing that can benefit anyone in the industry, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's not uh, targeted at bigger breweries in particular. I, I think the, the perhaps the uh, common misconception there is that uh, this is an industry body that is run by the big brewers. Uh, it's not. It's a independent body uh, of training and re- research uh, run out of the UK. Um, they're been increasingly updating their materials to be able to deliver training remotely into various parts of the world. They're, they're really um, probably the leading presence of brewing training in Asia and Africa as well. And they're designed to be, you know, not aligned to any business. Uh, the big brewers use them because uh, they are a great resource for them. So uh, I encourage that uh, they're equally accessible to small brewers. Uh, for technical resources as well as, you know, a great network of people that you can access through the IBD as well. 
Excellent. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and your presentation um, really looked at what you've learned um, and advice that you can pass on to breweries that are moving from, you know, a small brewery and making those first steps into expanding uh, both your systems and also your process and your people. Um, so presumably you didn't have to do everything yourself. I, I guess when I gave this uh, talk, uh, Four Pines was at a certain stage in our growth. Uh, Actually, when I first um, signed up to do the talk, it was just before the sale of Four Pines to AB InBev back in the day. So I, I was trying to, I think, um, map out uh, what I'd seen during the, the growth of the early years, particularly of the brewery. We've come from a place where we were a brew pub um, and had built a larger scale production facility and the team had grown quite considerably and um you know there was lots of challenges in in doing that not just around making as much beer but uh keeping the quality um as high as we wanted it to be and improving as well as um i think creating something that was sustainable for the long term and, and scalable uh as you know we wanted to keep making four pines more and more accessible across the nation the, the title was from small to medium lessons learned in growing a brewery um, and I, as a joke, I th threw in right at the very last minute from small to medium to sold, <laughs> just prior to, prior to uh, our sale to InBev. You know, one of the things I talk about in the uh, presentation is uh, not to treat uh, humans like robots. And um, I think I was wearing, at the time of giving this, a, uh, a, a rather, rather large contraption on my left arm uh, due to having recently dislocated it. So it's <laughs> like uh, having recently been sold to InBev, uh, they'd already started turning me into a robot. Um, thankfully, that wasn't the case. And uh, we still, uh, even after our sale to uh, a corporate entity, um, follow all of these principles and, um, and are still learning a lot about this part of our um, I guess our sustainability as a business along the way as we continue to grow in terms of people, complexity, and, um, you know, try to maintain social and corporate responsibility, uh, which we've signed up to as part, as a B Corp company. Mm -hmm. So the story of Four Pines, I started just by telling uh, that Four Pines was born of, I guess, a simple desire to find good beer in Manly back in 2008 when a father and son from Western Australia who were spoilt for choice uh, on small craft breweries in the regions that they'd lived in over there were looking for something similar in the eastern, uh, on, on the eastern side of the country. It started from very humble beginnings. I think the brewery restaurant was conceived uh, as Jaron, one of the original owners, um, had some restaurant and hospitality experience and a friend, uh, Nick Despessi, who had always been interested in brewing and uh, wanted to start and was keen to come over and help Jaron start something up. So it was literally a family of four or five people back uh, in 2008 and, and they worked very hard to get that brew pub off the ground. Um, and I'm sure that's a story very similar. Uh, to many, many um, breweries across the, uh, the country right now. Um, some have gone beyond that initial phase and some have 
settled into a, a small brew pub model, uh, a smaller brewery restaurant model, and service their um, their local regions extremely well. And uh, you know, I'm sure I have a very close small family of people who uh, who run that business and and um, and wear many hats at the same time to, uh, to keep things running. Um, on the slides, if anybody is looking, the three people, there's four people in the slides. Uh, our, one of our original head brewers, Andrew, who took over from Nick in 2010, as well as uh, another one of our brewers, Garrett. Andrew and Garrett were the two brewers that were here before I started at Four Pines. Uh, so I'm the third longest tenured uh, brewer at Four Pines at the moment as well as Sarah, who is a very familiar face to anybody who's ever visited the Four Pines Bar, I'm sure, uh, and Rob, our original head chef. All, all, apart from Rob, who left a couple of years ago, all three of those people are still with Four Pines. And I think that speaks to some of the, um, I guess, community and culture uh, values uh, that Four Pines has held so strongly through the years of growth. As the popularity of the beer brew, firstly locally and manly, being sold around the corner and then um, more broadly, people asking for it in other bottle shops and craft beer scene was beginning to emerge. Um, it was decided that they build a larger scale production facility rather than um, continuing to contract brew, uh, which is when I, I started with the business. And uh, it, it was a very challenging and exciting time. We, uh, we put in a 50 hectare brew house in Brookvale, about five kilometres up the road. Uh, the team grew, we, we put some more salespeople on the road, started to develop a bit of a back office with admin and, and finance capability, um, but still a lot of people with many hats. So when I started the business, I think we had 15 full-time people um, uh, and three of those people were brewers. Uh, a lot of those people were involved still in the brewery restaurant. And then it's grown ever since, right? And we've we've now got upwards of, uh, more than 150 uh, full-time uh, staff at Four Pines and, and pushing up towards 200 people uh, across the whole business, you know, through hospitality, sales, uh, brewing and, and distribution, marketing, a whole bunch of uh, separate departments now. And that doesn't happen easily. You know, you've got 150 people, uh, not all who are living in the same state, um, many of who are working in separate facilities and, and not really getting a chance to catch up. And I think the story of this is uh, some of the lessons we learnt, um, you know, through failures and, and um, I guess, moments of inspiration that, uh, you know, kept that going and hopefully um, we'll keep it perpetuating into the future. There's a graph in the presentation highlighting the growth. Basically, mm -hmm. we were doing, um, you know, I think, originally at the brewery, only a few brewers a week. Um, and that sort of grew quite quickly to maxing out our, our brewery and having to put in new tanks and uh, expanding our brew house. So that we were sort of making up to 15 brews a week. And the brew team grew with that. And we had to go on to uh, shift work. Um, and then we had to uh, build a, a separate packaging facility, which was disconnected to the brewing facility. Uh, and I think, you know, through those just natural progressions, uh, eventually we, we took on a night shift at the brewery. 
a lot of uh, conversations around that at the time and discussing the merits of four-day weeks, sorry, uh, six-day weeks um, versus night shift. Uh, I think at that point then our team was so large that, and I guess the premises a little bit segregated. So we had to put in a lot of work um, into making sure that our team felt like a team and, and that they weren't uh, feeling that, uh, you know, one, you know, it didn't become sort of shift factions or reverse packaging or or anything like that. And then on top of that, we needed to make sure that um, our marketing team was, I guess, on the same page as the brewing team as well as uh, the sales team and, and that all could coexist and, and help each other across the lines of uh, department, if you will. So just, just looking at the brewery growth chart that you've got there, you, you've marked where you've put in more for, uh, fermenters, uh, new bottling line and brewery expansion. You know, particularly I note that when the new bottling line went in in May 2015, there was then a sudden up, uh, you know, growth in, in, in volumes. Was that demand already there and the bottling line just allowed you to service that growth or did, you know, was there more going on um, I think the growth was there and the bottling line allowed us to service it. It's certainly been a, a constant um, uh, challenge to keep up with production demands and I'm sure that's a story that many uh, of the, uh, the breweries who have grown over the years can tell. Um, I'd say that uptick is probably a bit noisy but more, more than likely is just due to the peak season and, and we were primed and ready to, uh, to go for it. And perhaps we had a bit of a, uh, a sales lag uh, due to getting that bottling line up and running that we had to really accelerate into uh, into the summer period. Mm-hmm. Try not to be building your bottling line in the middle of peak. <laughs> as well. But it also obviously well-timed capital uh, expenditure um, and investing in the right parts of your business is a key part to uh, getting growth from demand. It is. It is. I mean, using your money wisely uh, is key to growth. And I think um, this is part of the challenge as well for us. Uh, when we when we started out, you know, it was really important for us to make Four Pines beer accessible. Uh, we wanted to be great tasting craft beer and we wanted to be accessible. And one of the things we aimed for in the early days was that $20 six pack, right? If you can be on the shelf, amongst uh, a whole bunch of uh, commercial beers and you can be under $20 then, the, you know, whatever it is, the thought process in the, in the human mind, they, they can sort of say, I'll throw down a lobster and uh, that seems like a fair deal. Once we broke through that, we felt that, you know, there's just something holding you back, right? And to do that, you know, we had to make our beer rather efficiently. Um, and that's, Things like avoiding putting too much down the drain, trying to get the most out of the malt in your brew house, um, using your hops as wisely as possible and getting good extraction of oils in your dry hopping process. Um, and I guess uh, not stuffing around too much in the brewery and you know having a, a person come in and make 500 litres of beer in a day when, when they could make uh, you know five times that. Uh, theoretically and and being an efficient brewery is really important it really is and I told the story I think of efficiencies and and costs in another presentation I gave at one of the early CBIA conferences Um, but 
me being me, you know, I thought, you know, all we have to do is be efficient here. And, and that was part of the mistake I made. Um, being efficient is certainly important. I think uh, the danger of efficiency is you start to think of it as process and, um, and not people. Uh, and you, 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 I guess the, the temptation for a manager might be uh, that I want a team of German efficient football players who act like robots and just get the job done really cohesively. Whereas in reality, um, I don't think good teams necessarily function like that. You don't want your people to be robots uh, and, and slaves to efficiency. I think that's ultimately demotivating and can help and, and can lead to a little bit of um, falling out of in love with the process or, or the product. But most importantly, I think the, uh, the, the danger with that approach is, is you miss out on all of the creativity and, and upside that uh, a team of people can bring. And, uh, and that was really, I think, one of the key lessons learned in growing the brew team through that period is um, people have so many talents and come from such diverse backgrounds. And if you can, un if you can find ways to incorporate that and, um, and unleash it, uh, that's been the way that our teams have uh, made our beer better rather than uh, necessarily um, turning our, our brewery into an automated or process-driven um, uh, operation that, that has, I guess, for the lack of a better word, no soul behind it. And I guess that's the challenge for the classic brewer who becomes the brewery owner who sees their business grow and their role of, evolves from being you know, a creative recipe maker and brewer into a manager. Um, and not everyone's well suited for that transition or, you know, naturally, uh, you know, suited to that transition. Yeah, it, it, it's a tough mindset change. And um, I think, you know, the, 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 the key is the building of trust across uh, between employees and the manager. Um, the head brewer obviously often has, you know, an intense creativity in their own, um, in their own soul. And obviously a, a, a uh, a vision of uh, what the beers and, and, and the brewery should be. Um, and the, I think one of the hard things to do is perhaps to let go of some of that creative control and, and I guess, uh, and, and search the minds and uh, talents of your brewers to, to maybe even supplement it or amplify it. Um, and I think, you know, the second... Um, uh, part of that is to, uh, you know, to build the culture and the brand rather than, I guess, the, you know, hold the reins totally uh, so so closely on the on the brewing side of things. Uh, it's certainly what what we've had to do as a brewery. Um, it may not be for everyone, and, and maybe other people uh, running breweries um, would do it differently to Four Pines, and that's valid. But I think there's a lot to be, if if, if a manager can communicate not just what the process is, but why the process is and what it's about um, and, and sort of build uh, a set of values and, and a culture through a brewery that can tend to transcend and, um, and I guess it, it becomes more cohesive to the workforce than um, I think uh, saying, oh, I'm going to do all the creative stuff uh, and, and tell you what to do 
uh, and you just um, go out there and do it. You've posed as part of the uh, slides, you've posed a couple of questions under the uh, interesting headline, the hard part. And one of those is how do you maintain trust amongst an increasingly siloed structure of sales, marketing, operations and management? Um, It's a good question. What's the answer? Well, the answer I feel, and I'll speak to the next few slides, is Mm. people, um, you, you get to a point where the family unit of the brewery uh, and those people who work so tight, tightly together in the early days of, of getting the operations off the ground uh, aren't enough to sustain the, the, the business anymore. Uh, they need people to come in and help them. And often amongst that team is an, an intense trust. Um, you know, They've gone through the hard yards and they've all worn many hats and they've helped each other out. Um, through through the early years of the, the establishing the brewery, um, and that intense trust and I guess understanding needs to be translated to the new people who are going to come in and I guess perpetuate or and, and help you to um, to keep that um, brewery going. The answer is in later slides, and it's around building a set of values and b- building a culture, building a, a mission statement for your company that people can get behind and they can understand. And the answer is in communication, making sure that it's clear to everybody, making sure that they feel uh, the authenticity from management in um, perpetuating those goals and making sure that they're seeing actions that they can uh, not just uh, follow, but also uh, use as inspiration in their own actions. And you've uh, listed some learnings, uh, what, what I keep learning. Um, maybe talk us through uh, you know, what you've learned um, that this facilitated that. Yeah, well, in the what I keep learning slide, the first thing I say was we as people uh, need just as much maintenance as machines, uh, if not more. So often we think of brewing as uh, you know, a process where machines help us to do our jobs, but people are, in my mind, even more important to that process than the machines are. Um, and unfortunately, more systems and more automation, uh, they help a lot less than you'd hope they would, particularly in an innovative and, and fast-changing environment like a craft brewery. You can buy the most expensive brew house in the world, but um, it's not going to help you uh, do something different like a sour mash or, um, I guess, optimise a new yeast or... Um, add a fruit to uh, a fruit addition to the whirlpool. Breweries aren't decide, uh, designed, uh, and the automation isn't designed often to, to I guess, run processes that are outside of the normal. And that's where you need um, people uh, who can uh, are familiar with the machines and know how to uh, manipulate the process. Communication is so important. You can't ever have enough communication, um, even if you think you over communicating you should probably just keep communicating more uh, at four pines we have a daily operational meeting we have a weekly um i guess summary meeting uh for our brew team and our pack team and, and every six weeks we shut down completely and have a complete day of uh brew team communications uh, often accompanied by a lunch and, and some beers in the afternoon um and those communication days and making sure 
are designed around making sure that everybody feels like they know what's going on in the business, uh, like they understand what's coming up in the next uh, week, month, year, and what we're striving for. And um, if we can, our our philosophy as brewery management is that if if we can, I guess, getting everybody's eyes on the same prize, uh, then we can run at it with a bit more uh, harder and more confident, uh, knowing that our people uh, will be there uh, helping us uh, to achieve. Um, understanding your culture, crucial. And I think this is the, the glue that uh, can help bind your company together. If you're, if you're feeling that um, the growth of uh, people beyond that initial family unit is starting to mean that there is, uh, I guess, small, for lack of a better word, factions or um, small tensions across uh, lines uh, such as departments or or shifts. Um, And what I mean by culture is making it really clear uh, on who you are as a company, having a mission statement, having a set of values. uh, And we have a a set of personality traits who we think if Four Pines was a person, what would that person be? And that culture can define a, a, a whole lot of things. I think it helps your staff understand, uh, firstly, how to work together uh, and, what, and what you're striving for. Um, but it also might, uh, you know, dictate some of your hiring pro- policies. Obviously, you don't want to be too selective in your hiring and, and miss out on the advantages of diversity. But you might... Uh, ask people in the interview process, um, uh, what are your values uh, and and how do you think they align with uh, the company that you're applying for? Uh, And and those things, I think if you can find really strong cultural fits that uh, blend in well with your your company, then you're gonna have more potential to have somebody that can be a really great asset long-term. If you decide, for example, that, uh, you know, you've got a, a a company that uh, wants to be just cheap and cheerful um, uh, fast food and you've got somebody coming into your um, business that may be, you know, vegan and uh, have different sustainability values uh, and health values, then maybe that's not a great cultural fit. Um, and the, the, the best, and, and this speech was given in New Zealand, and the best example that I could find of, of culture and, and the power of it was uh, the New Zealand All Blacks. Uh, the New Zealand All Blacks live and breathe culture. Uh, they have a, a set of values, performance, commitment, reliability, team spirit, and uh, a set of, uh, I guess, a, a, and a really clear communication on what it means to be an All Black. And I'll just read out some of the things from the slides for the listeners. Follow the spearhead. The All Blacks select on character, not just talent. Go for the gap. When you're on top of your game, change the game. Adaptation is not a reaction. And leave a legacy. The All Blacks seek to leave the jersey in a better place. And I thought that was a fantastic example of uh, culture. Not just, not necessarily exactly what a small uh, or a growing brewery um, might say for their team, uh, but a great example of, of the power of uh, a uh, written set of values uh, and, and I guess a, uh, a real understanding of who you are 
whole bunch of people and bring and get them pulling in the same direction. One of the things that you note is all of this requires a lot of thinking and a lot of work. And I guess for a small brewery, that's the real challenge, having the time to step back and focus on some of these things. You know, it's that classic work on the business, not in the business sometimes. You need time yourself to step out and work on, on these things. Absolutely. And that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm talking to you remotely from north of Sydney at the moment. Uh, being in the brewery is very engaging uh, in terms of there's so many things going on. There's always uh, small things, tweaks that be, can be made, um, machines unfortunately breaking down, um, new beers coming up to plan for. Uh, there's a lot of noise and a lot of um, distractions in a brewery. So, uh, you know, it is a challenge to get out of the business and, and um, I guess reflect and strategize uh, from a distance, um, but it is worthwhile. So if you can take the time to do it, um, I think the uh, long-term benefits are, are real. So just conscious of uh, time for, for, for this presentation, where where do you go to you know, learn and develop uh, your skills to, to manage your team? That's a good question. I, I actually go to uh, podcasts. I, I listen to several podcasts on, on management. Uh, one of them is the um, HBR podcast, Harvard Business Review. Um, I've learned a lot from the people that I've worked with, both in, in big corporate businesses and small independent businesses. Uh, I think that the founders and, and the leaders at Four Pines have been fantastic yeah, inspirational group of people to work for and I've got to give them a lot of credit um, but a lot of it is self-discovery it's a lot of trial and error um, you know I've made the mistake of, of the German football team efficiency before and and uh, I think on the, one of the graphs in, in my slide you can see where our score in the AIBAs went down year on year uh, and, and the quality of the beer left uh, well, went backwards. So, um, yeah, in summary, I think that what I keep learning, you know, the ingredients of, of uh, beer, hops, water, malt, yeast, I think the fifth ingredient is love. If you can get that love aspect right, then a lot of the other stuff starts to click together. Um, you don't always need that ruthless efficiently. In fact, in fact, you know, the, the team days off and, and the lunches that we have together are some of the most important um, I guess days that we have and, and resource we have in driving uh, a, I guess, uh, a successful business. Um, it allows the team to under, uh, get together, decompress, understand who each other are, and, and I think that translates into working out how to work better with each other on the brewery floor and understand the challenges upstream and downstream and across department lines. Um, we develop our people a lot. We offer, offer pretty much open access to the IBD training. Um, and we want to make sure that our brewers uh, have every aspect, uh, every opportunity to keep learning about brewing, particularly the, the technical aspect of brewing. Uh, we also do similar um, training through our PhD course where we um, have a progression of communication and, and leadership skills, um, as well as some, some fun perks like 
in the fifth year, everybody gets to attend a, a Aussie uh, hop tour, in which we visit the harvest. And uh, later on in your tender, uh, tenure at Four Pines, you get to go to a um, the, the American Craft Brewing Conference. Um, got some fantastic examples in our business of uh, people really um, excelling uh, as we've allowed them to open up their creativity, and we've you know we've got a whole vision um, created due to the creativity of one of our uh, maintenance brewers, Garrett, who um, is mainly uh, has mainly been employed as uh, a head of maintenance at the Brookvale Brewery, but uh, on the side decided to develop a barrel program. And now that's something, if you visit our Four Pines facility in Newport, uh, you'll un uncover uh, some of the great beers that he's doing. One of his uh, Belgian Red Ales won the champion Belgian Red Ale in the European Beer Star competition, which is Europe's premier beer competition last year, and uh, got a bronze medal this year. So. Um, lots of things discovered and, and those things wouldn't be there at Four Pines and some of that magic would have been lost had Garrett not been confident enough to show his skills. Excellent. And look, uh, I, I like the nice little summary uh, that you've got. Maybe you can just talk us through the, the summary page about, uh, you know, just the dot points there. So in summary, growth is exciting, but it can easily lead to uh, decreased company performance as communication lines are stretched. Um, I think it's, it's really important to concentrate on maintaining your company's people, not just your machines. If you can understand your culture uh, and build from your strengths, you're going to be really well set up for success. And keep celebrating successes as you go, uh, getting together for a beer and, and celebrating all the, the great things that you've done to date, um, getting a brew pub off the ground, uh, getting through peak, uh, winning awards or just having a cracking beer launch all round, have the moment to look back on that and allow your staff to be part of the success. And uh, if you can pull all that together, I'm sure you'll keep making uh, better and better beer. Um, and, and there's some great beer out there in Australia that uh, is certainly worth celebrating. Terrific. Well, Chris Wilcock, thank you very much for sharing uh, your journey from small to uh, to medium and uh, and to sale. Um, thank you for uh, this presentation uh, for the IBD. Pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. You can download a full transcript of this conversation with links to other information in the show notes to this episode. Brewery Pro content is presented by Brews News and is designed for the brewing industry professional. If you have any suggestions for topics that we can cover, email us at cheers at brewsnews.com.au. Thank you for listening.